overdue episode of Prospects After Dark. I'm your host, I am Kyle Reese on this Thursday night, uh, December 10th, 2020. We are this close to getting through the year 2020. Uh, as gifts reminded me just a short time ago, um, we are celebrating our third birthday of Prospects After Dark. Tomorrow will technically be the third birthday of Prospects After Dark. Uh, hello, Drew Langley and Jay Duda and Matt Stromer and Fly the L and Seeking a Bunch of Numbers. Uh, wish I would have bought some 101. Is this really the 101st episode of Prospects After Dark? I had no idea. That's awesome. Hello, Christian. Hello, Ben Cerruti. Uh, hello, uh, PMW. Um, hello, the days of lore. Langford for president. Yeah. Uh, we may, maybe we don't have to worry about the succession talk uh, uh, if we had Langford for president. VSM says, if I send a pic, will you rate my ween? Always, always <laughs> feel free to. Uh, hello, Andres. Hello, Christian. Uh, so look, um, I guess we can talk about the Rule 5. We can talk about the lefty that the Cardinals acquired. We can talk about uh, the San Francisco Giants selecting Ronnie Williams. Uh, we can talk about Jordan Brink, who never pitched an inning in the Cardinals organization being selected in the Rule 5. Uh, because of how crazy 2020 was. Um, uh, we can talk about anything you want. We can talk about my beautiful Christmas tree. Uh, let's see. Uh, Josh says, can we do this again on Christmas night so I can get properly sauced, uh, sauced up first? Yeah, you know, one of these days I would like to, one of these days, one of these like holidays, these proper holidays, I would like to do an episode of Prospects After Dark. I think it'd be great. And I think it'd be a great way to spend a, a holiday with what I consider to be my pad family. Um, what else? Yeah. And I guess, you know, we, because we had the winter meetings, uh, sausage patty or sausage links. Wow, a question that's plagued mankind since the beginning of time. Uh, I'm going to say sausage links. I'm more of a sausage links guy. Uh, uh, again, if we're going to be talking about anatomy, which I'm sure we are, uh, a small little tiny sausage link is, is what I relate to personally. Uh, can we talk about the NHL from hockey? From holy fuck, that's my bro. Yes, yeah, Scott. Uh, so I guess the first thing with the NHL is that the Board of Governors have not agreed to anything yet, but it looks like the Blues are going to be playing a lot of late games on the West Coast uh, if the Board of Governors do agree to that. But, hey, look, uh, real simple baseline how I feel about sports. I'm ready for them to come back in, in earnest. Uh, and the sooner that happens, the sooner I'll, uh, happier I'll be. Uh, if we want to talk about baseball, or really we talk about anything, but if we wanted to talk about baseball, we have some comments from John Mazalak that I'm sure got most of the fan base uh, fired up. Um, we could talk about free agents that the Cardinals aren't going to sign. We could talk about being irrationally aggravated, at, uh, probably rationally at this point, maybe not so irrationally, but being rationally aggravated at uh, sticking with uh, uh, the status quo. Um, you know, it does definitely seem like the Cardinals' current situation, and it's as simple as waiting for the Yachty and Adam Wainwright uh, uh, chips to fall. I believe that the Cardinals have more control of that situation than they're letting on, uh, that they're willing to take. And that's frustrating for fans, especially if what you're doing is you're waiting for those dominoes to fall, uh, to, to act. Uh, but again, anything you guys want to talk about, we can get into. Look, if we don't talk about Cardinal baseball at all. I'm happy about it. I'm ready to watch, but I'm frustrated. Uh, G Wagon says, will Bader be in center fielder, the center fielder in 2022? We'll have to see how 2021 is. Uh, you know, in the short-sighted, looking at 2021, especially specifically based on the comments that John Mazalak had early in the week, uh, and also what we had been talking about prospects on Prospects After Dark just a month ago whenever we did Prospects After Dark last, uh, Harrison Bader is definitely going to be one of the starting outfielders unless they move him. Remember, Harrison Bader, uh, again, I don't view it as completely legitimate, but Harrison Bader had a 113 WRC plus last year. 
that's pretty good if you're looking at the whole thing. Granted, he had a 99 WRC plus entering the, the last weekend of the shortened season. Uh, but the Cardinals are going to use that to justify playing him uh, to go along with that D. And they also have a contract lock with Dexter Fowler, and they're going to play Dylan Carlson rightfully so as much as possible. So it's going to be hard to see how they make it all work. Again, I'd love to see a platoon, but Mike Schultz never done anything that gives us indication that he'd be ready to do that or do it properly. So again, my optimism for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2021 isn't really that high. I don't even know what to think of a major league season because I don't really trust major league baseball's ownership. You know, as I ran on and on about all the shit that's happened this last week, we haven't even talked about minor league baseball and the restructuring there. I'm sure we'll get into minor league reconstruction uh, uh, and uh, contraction and what the reshuffling of the minor league means or might not mean or whatever. Uh, how was Brett, uh, how was Brett Degas available? Uh, it works out that sometimes. So he comes from an organization that's rich with talent. And uh, to be honest with you, it's an organization. Well, he's an interesting player who I don't really know a lot about. Um, he's an interesting player. That's the kind of organization where if they don't keep you, you kind of like wonder at the same time. Like if you make a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays, you're like, wait, is this really the right move? Um, real fast, Lance Dance, my good friend Adam Butler, says, looks like I'm going to have to bust out the four roses. I've got the four roses here. We've got it in our amazing Birds on the Black mug that you can get over at the store at Birds on the Black. Um, uh, and uh, to the third anniversary of Prospects After Dark, the third birthday of Prospects After Dark, to all the pad people, uh, Adam Butler, who, who mentions four roses, we raise our glass. Thank you again for being a part of this little journey we call Prospects After Dark. Uh, again, look, I... Just thank you. T. Licia says it's time to bring Theo home. Uh, hey, that'd be wild. Uh, that'd be wild. Uh, what I would like to see, Theo's comments upon leaving the White, uh, the White Sox, the Cubs were really interesting. He brings up that some of the people in the front office may have ruined what is magical about baseball, uh, uh, going analytical. And again, that's a very, very poor paraphrase. Uh, uh, it doesn't necessarily even come close to stating exactly what he was trying to say. But I personally like the idea of seeing what Theo could do in a, uh, a major league baseball position, you know, not, not a organization position, maybe in a baseball position. That, like, that's what I would like to see. Of course, you talk about a guy who builds things up and then leaves when they're destroyed. Uh, maybe that's not the best thing for baseball, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. That, Theo, I'm anxious to see what Theo's next step is. T.D. Jones says, get the feeling they signed nobody, including Wayno and Yachty. You know, I maintain that. Uh, uh, so the report earlier in the week with Yachty is that early in the season, they offered him two-year 20 mil. He declined it. They went back to renegotiate, and the Cardinals kind of took the two-year 20 million off the table. So 10 million per year. And, uh, you know, Whatever was said, I don't know, Mr. Saxon reported some stuff. Uh, some of it was contradicted here and there. What I think is I just think the Cardinals are letting Wayno and Yachty test the market, see what contract they're going to get, and I think that they're going to top it. You know what? We've said it on Prospects After Dark for years. The legacy players matter to Mr. DeWitt. That's why Matt Carpenter got the, car the contract that he got. And it's going to be a, a telling probably in the long run how important the legacy players are to Mr. DeWitt. You know, I personally just believe that when it comes down to it, you know, Wayno and Yachty are going to be a Cardinal. And, you know, the other signings that come after that, especially if they have to fork over a little extra change to keep Yachty and Wayno, um, I think that's uh, that's going to be the really interesting thing. Josh says, who backs up kids if Yachty walks? 
you know, my guess is um, uh, Heineman would probably be the first guy that would come come to mind. He's already in the organization. I think at that point they'd start looking outside of the organization. Uh, uh, Matt Wieters, maybe. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Wieters finds his way back to the Cardinals organization in any capacity, even if Yachty's here and Kiz is here. Uh, but I would imagine that that way that they could uh, ease Kiz in because, you know, I believe Andrew Kisner could be a very, very effective 100 to 110 uh, games per year and 162 game season catcher. Uh, the Cardinals have shown no inclination of that, even when Yachty's hurt. So I would imagine they'd want to bring somebody back like Matt Wieters in that in that uh, uh, in that situation. Cards fan zero twenty two says, "Not going to lie, Yachty is not worth ten million plus." I think, I think if we're talking about play, there's an argument to be made that yes, of course, Yachty is not worth ten million plus. But I think if you're the Cardinals organization, Yachty's worth ten million dollars to you based on uh, all the things that Yachty brings as a St. Louis Cardinal to a fan base that is craving a star. Uh, and if you can't replace him with a star, then, the, you know, Yadier Molina's jersey is in the, in the top 10 every year. Now, the Cardinals, all of that jersey money is spread out evenly amongst players and owners. Uh, so they're not seeing that. But Yadier's the type of player that families bring their kids to see. So that's where he might be worth $10 million. Now, if you're, again... That, that's where we as fans sometimes get a little dis, dislodged, if you will, uh, uh, which is not the accurate word. Uh, that's where fans sometimes get a little confused, where it gets a little bit different. Uh, to the Cardinals, he is definitely worth $10 million a year for this coming year. It's just the year after that where it gets a little dicey, in my opinion. Uh, Sammy Helm says, Kiz has a great bat, but how's his defense in your eyes? Look, uh, Andrew Kisner still needs to work on framing, especially low in the zone. He stabs at it, and uh, it's gotten a little bit better and a little bit better, but it's still not good enough. I think he's a good game caller. I know that some of the kids like pitching to him because he's willing to go with their third and secondary offerings a little bit more than the fastball. And this is a game that's moving away from going to fastball 80% of the time, unless you're Lance Lynn. Um, so I, I think I think he's a solid catcher. I think that we are spoiled with Yadier Molina because of how great Yadi is and also the cachet. Some of his maybe defensive shortcomings go the wayside, uh, uh, and he can get away with some stuff that other catchers can't. Uh, so what what kind of a defensive catcher is Andrew Kisner? I think he's an average defensive catcher uh, and an above average defensive or offensive catcher as compared to other catchers. That's what I think if given an opportunity. But again, you're talking about a guy who for two years has hardly played at the major league level when he's been up at the major league level. And even at the minor leagues, they were always kind of weird about his playing time. Uh, uh, so uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to think about any of these guys. Matt Stromer says, the NBA has handled COVID-19 the best out of the four major sports. The NHL is dragging their feet. Well, the one thing about the NHL is, you know, they put everybody in a bubble to end their 2020 season, and they didn't have any problems. They had, like, one guy test positive in that entire time. So, uh, other than that, they've been good. But as far as preparing for the 2021 season, it's been really weird. Hack Muff says, are you excited for the new Space Jam and the new Top Gun? I'm excited for new movies. I'm excited about getting the opportunity with the COVID vaccine to go out and experience life like it was in 2019. Um uh, Helm Sammy says Edmund will be fine at second with a better bat. Again, I, I, will he be fine at second? Yeah, look, Tommy Edmund is a smart kid who will dedicate himself to the craft. I think he can be slightly above average at second. And I think most people at this point would probably agree that that's good enough defensively at second base. Uh, better offensively, I think, is very, very up in the air. We've watched uh, we've watched Colton Wong like evolve into a, a pretty solid offensive option. You know, uh, again, we had the sophomore slump with Tommy Edmund. Again, you can't take the 2020 season for anything, really. Um, but uh, 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 it's something. Sorry, let me let me do something real fast. Oh, oh God, this stupid thing. 
Uh, yeah. So uh, to say that for sure he can be a better uh, a better all around, I'm just not quite there yet, Sammy. Jay Dizzy says Cardinals waiting on DH decision so they can sign Cruz. Yeah, uh, I, I wish that'd be cool. Uh, Tlicious, do you think Mike Matheny would be catching option if Yachty leaves? That'd be awesome. I'd actually love that. That'd be hilarious. Uh, part time catcher and part time manager of the Royals. Uh, Dylan should play. Yeah, Dylan should play. He's gonna play. Cardinals are frustrating and give me little hope. I understand why people feel that way. Hey, Matt Knowles, what's up, bud? Can we get a better backdrop? Uh, no, no, this is all we got. Look, uh, I don't do better. I do very, very average marginal at best. Uh, that's all that I provide. Jay Duda says, I got COVID watching days worth of Breaking Bad in a dark room, getting my life confused with Walters. Man, I hope that you're fine. I hope you're not dealing with any ill effects uh, or side effects following COVID. And I hope you're through it. And if you're not through it, I hope that you, uh, you get through it as well as possible. Josh, it's so weird that the fan base picks on Bader so much. The whole team kind of sucks outside of Goldie. It's just because – I have a whole theory about this, right? It's because they run with Harrison Bader when he's terrible. I mean, terrible. And last year, he was terrible, terrible, terrible. And then all of a sudden, he was okay for a while, and they sat him. Uh, I think his flamboyant nature uh, is, is a catalyst for maybe a fan base that sometimes uh, airs on a more traditional uh, – has like a more traditional air about it, rather – um, so like it is, it does kind of suck that it's that way. Um, he kind of brings it upon himself sometimes, uh, by being flamboyant at times when he's really bad on the field. And, uh, but you're right. Like the team does kind of, uh, the, the offensive options kind of suck, uh, consistently outside of Goldschmidt for sure. Look, uh, for the, for those of you who are new to prospects after dark, uh, welcome to prospects after dark. It tells me I'm 44 messages behind. I'm going to try to roll through this, but uh, uh, we have some amazing people in Prospects After Dark that deserve a little bit of accolades and uh, hellos. To the Carlson family, Jeff Carlson is in here. Hello, sir. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. I raise my glass to you, uh, Karen, uh, Dylan, and Tanner. To the Carlsons. And then the first family of Prospects After Dark, the Hicks family, as Mr. Jason Hicks finds his way into here. Uh, hello, Jason. Uh, you are uh, uh, you're the best. Uh, to, to Jason, his wife, uh, uh, Jennifer, uh, uh, to the whole Hicks family, we raise our glass. Uh, let's see. Matt Knowles, if you had a Dylan Carlson jersey, this would be excellent viewing pleasure. Yeah, you know, we uh, we might do something like that. We might do something like that, Matt Knowles. Um, uh, our Dylan Dinger now. Uh, uh, PMW00 says third anniversary cheers. So here's what we're going to do for the third anniversary cheers. Uh, I have jello shots. There are these slurp jello shots. Uh, this one's watermelon guzzler, and I'm gonna do a Jello shot. Uh, thank you to my brother Scott who gave these to us. Uh, I'm gonna do a Jello shot to the third anniversary of Prospects After Dark. Uh, to all the pad people, to the birds on the black people, to all you wonderful, uh, uh, beautiful, uh, amazing people. All right, cool. We did it, family. That's one. I got two more left. Uh, we'll, we'll intermit those in there. Let's see. Uh, T-Licious says, do you think now is a good time to offer following carpet extension? Uh, I, uh, I, I know that they kind of ignored it, but I got to tell you, I think Zach and Alex would agree that you just offer everybody an extension. Uh, Ten years, you pay them like Chris Davis is being paid. Austin says, hey, Austin, hey, how are you? Says, miss you, Kyle, in baseball season. I'm ready for it. G-Wagon says, will our King Albert be home in 2022? I really don't know what to make about the whole Albert Pujols situation. As far as like when his contract ends with Arizona and what comes next, or Arizona with the Angels and what comes next with him, 
Uh, I think it'd be awesome to see him. I don't know in what capacity it'll be or if it ends up happening. You know, that personal service contract he has with the Angels, I don't know exactly what that means or how that works. And we've talked about it, and Ben Cerruti has, uh, my friend and a colleague over at Birds on the Black, Ben Cerruti, has uh, set me straight. I still don't quite understand it because uh, uh, I am very dumb. But, yeah, look, Pools will be around very, very soon. Uh, uh, P. Thriz says, this feels so right. I agree. Ryan Martin, 95, says $20 million for two aging veterans but can't afford $10 million for Wong. And I think that that is a fair perspective to take in all of this. Uh, again, I, I love Colton Wong. He's a great defensive second baseman, uh, one of the best I've ever seen. He, he developed into a really solid uh, hitter there at the end of his time with the St. Louis Cardinals because it looks like we're at the end of his time with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, and the Cardinals are definitely making some financial decisions that make you scratch your head when you're talking about a team who has already a lot of question marks in their lineup specifically. Uh, Josh says, uh, but why wasn't Wong considered a legacy player? I'm never getting over it. My guess here, total guess here about why Wong isn't considered a legacy player is it's all about timing, right? So uh, if Matt Carpenter would have performed a little less than he did when he started getting his, like when he got his first contract, uh, then then it's all about timing and production, right? And Colton Wong just never made that next step offensively when the Cardinals were and are purging offensively. So it's, to me, it's just all about timing. That's really what it boils down to. Um, and maybe maybe part of it is trying to stop themselves from from maybe overpaying legacy players. I don't know. Uh, but that's a, good, that's a fair point. He was drafted by the Cardinals, first-round pick, made it through, suffered through some hard times, found some glorious times. Uh, why wasn't he one of them? Uh, it could very well just be as simple as they didn't view him as worth $12 million uh, and look to cut bait now. Why they could only why they only had to pay him a hundred dollars to get out of it. Uh, Fifty messages behind. I'm sorry, uh, Kyle. Miss you, my dog. Hey, Brian Hellman. What's up? Uh, what's the Cardinals' biggest realistic trade target or free agent? Again, I, I, I you have to trust what John Mazalak in the front office is saying. What Mr. Dewitt is saying. It starts and ends with Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. Uh, outside of that, you know, I know a lot of fans have talked about Jack Peterson. Um, uh, you know, uh, David Dahl. Um, Rosario, like there's a lot of guys out there that are being tossed around, but I, I really don't think until there's a clear cut idea of a, how many games there are going to be B when the season is going to start, when major league baseball is going to have access to a vaccine, uh, and when fans are going to be allowed. I think until then it's not even, we're not even at the point where we can even talk about realistic free agent options. I, I do think again, that. John Mazelak was quoted and, and mocked, maybe rightfully so, for saying that January is going to be the new December, and which means, of course, February is going to be the new January, whatever that means. Um, and I think that that's just a clever way of him saying that they don't really know right now because they don't have financial outlook. I heard Bill DeWitt on the radio, a clip on KMOX, and he was talking about, uh, you know, they still haven't, like, offered season tickets to fans, and they're going to start doing that. And, of course, that means refunds if fans can't go to the games. Uh, but the fact that they're doing it now, why a lot of other teams have already started to do that, kind of tells me that they're they're behind. Like, they're not prepared for any of this. Um, Matt Knowles, is the, if this is a birthday episode, pull the glasses off and squint. Let's do it, Matt Knowles. I like where your mind's at. Martinez Hook, uh, if they sign Yachty and Wayno, who gets signed first is one more of a priority. Uh, my guess is that Yachty would sign first. Uh, my guess is that they view Yachty as more of a priority. If you listen to what they've said, they've said that they have more pitching depth than they have. Uh, they have pitching depth to work with. 
So that would be my guess. That would be more of their first priority for me. And I love Yadier Molina, but for me, like just the type of person Adam Wainwright is, what he's gutted through over the last couple of years, uh, the fact he was willing to take incentive-laden contracts over the last couple of years to prove himself, uh, I would go Wayno. Pardon me, I'd go Wayno before I'd go Yadi. Uh, and it's probably cheaper, too. I mean, maybe. We've seen that the pitching market is extravagant right now. Uh, you, like, Wade Miley signing a big deal. Uh, Charlie Morton signing for more than his uh, his option with Tampa Bay was. So maybe a pitching market, maybe pitchers are going to cost. But my guess was that it's Yachty over Wayno. Uh, yeah, Hackmuff says, Yachty's last game alone is worth $10 million to the organization. Uh, Lance Stan says, what you got on Garrett Williams? I don't have a lot about the, uh, the kid. I, I do know the Cardinals' Rule 5 pick in the minor league phase. Uh, the big lefty. I, I do know that he's a fastball. I believe fastball changeup, kind of a weird little slurvy thing. And he has trouble with command. I know that after a really bad start in the Arizona Fall League, uh, the, his first start in like 2018, I know that he rebounded really well. Um, uh, and I know that he's another interesting guy. I could see the making. The, I could see making it to the major leagues with the Cardinals uh, in, in some capacity. To me, this is a very, very good minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft pick, who, again, I have not looked into. I have not read up on. I'm just going from what I remember, honestly, in his time in the Arizona Fall League, and that's where I recognize his name. Now, I know he was part of a, a trade, uh, that whole, uh, I believe, the Cozart trade with Wilson, Will Wilson. Um, I know he's part of that trade, but other than that, I, I have not watched any film. Uh, tomorrow, I was actually planning on digging in and watching some film for the first time of, of minor leaguers in almost a year. I mean, 10 months for sure. Uh, let's see. What do you think the rotation may be? You know, uh, you start the rotation right. It, it's it's Flaherty. It's Kim. It's Michaelis. And then from there, you're talking about what Gomber and Hudson, if Wayno doesn't come back. Uh, the other thing to remember, and this is another great thing that if you, if you read Derek Gould's chat uh, on Post-Dispatch, uh, that'll set you straight. Remember that with all these pitchers that pitch, what, 60 innings uh, at most, um, 60, 70 innings, you're going to need more than five pitchers. So don't be surprised if Alex Reyes gets starts, if John Gant gets starts. Uh, maybe Ryan Helsley, probably not. They seem down on that. Jake Woodford's going to get starts. You know, uh, that's maybe where Matthew Libertor and Zach Thompson come in. Uh, you're going to see quite a few starting pitchers for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2020. And to me, 2021, I mean, and to me, that's why it's so important to bring Adam Wainwright back. Uh, Red October Rants, if you had to pick an outfielder out of the Peterson, Schwarber, and Rosario, who you got, I'll take Jack Peterson. But again, it all comes down to how you use these guys. Like, I like Jock, but I like Jock in a platoon with Harrison Bader or something like that. Uh, uh, yeah, the, you know, I like him in a platoon with Tyler O'Neill, but, like, you have to use them right. It's only... It's only worth bringing these guys on if they're going to be used to maximize their skills. Zach, I love you, bud. Uh, let's see. Zach, give a question only no hitting on the host. Huh? Uh, P. Fritz says, we all know Yachty is going to get re-signed. Re Kiss is going to get traded. And Herrera is going to have to go. Uh, that could all be very well true. And again, if they re-sign Yachty, I wouldn't be surprised if that means that they still bring back uh, Matt Weeders, and then Kiz ends up getting traded. Uh, I, we'll have to see how that all develops for sure. Uh, but the one thing that the Kiz and Carson Kelly situation have taught us is that Ivan Herrera, uh, even if he ends up being the, the catcher of the future, uh, he's going to end up not playing when it's his time to play. It's still going to be Yachty. Like, the funny thing to me about all this is we talk about Yachty signing a one-year deal or a two-year deal, and is there anything that would surprise you less than if Yachty signs a one-year or two-year deal? It's a little 
that would surprise you less than if Yanni signs a two-year deal, and at the end of that two-year deal, he's still not, like, interested in playing into his 40s. I wouldn't be surprised by that. You shouldn't be surprised by that either if it happens. As Taylor, uh, STL says, who is the MLB prospect that STL could have drafted, but we missed? It's Walker Bueller. Uh, uh, they drafted Nick Plummer ahead of Walker Bueller, and that's something that ends up getting brought up often and uh, uh, that Cardinal fans relish in. And, like, in the recent future, that's the one that's, uh, that sticks with people. Uh, PMW00 says, Kisner average, perfect for Cardinals then. Oh, my God. We are a Banty fan base right now. P. Thriz says, uh, threw the same thing. I thought the same thing when Yachty wants another two-year contract in two years. Yeah, there you go. How about that? We were just talking about that. Uh, uh, Cancel. Uh, Loch Ness. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Kyle. Happy birthday to Pat. Hello, Lisa. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Uh, Ridiculous Wong won't be a Cardinal yet. Sucks, March Hayden. Uh, Gateway City Sports says, Kyle, what's up, Gateway City Sports? How are you? Uh, To all the pad people again, to all the birds on the black people, I raise my glass. I'm going fast, and I need some booze. I'm going to chase it with a little water. I got cotton mouth. Mr. Hicks, hello, sir. It's a pleasure to have you in here. Uh, Again, to Mr. Hicks, Mr. Carlson, the Carlson family, uh, the Hicks family. Uh, To to Jeff Niehaus, who's given hearts and stuff like that. Uh, I love you, bud. Han Swolo says... Why are the quote, but we were in the NLCS last year, people so annoying, they're not wrong, but ugh. It's annoying because, you know, they're in the NLCS, uh, and they didn't really do anything to get better, and uh, then they, they sh- like, the boat sprung a leak last year, and we saw why getting to the NLCS in 2019 felt more like a fluke than something you would hang your hat on. And when people bring up that we were in the NLCS in 2019, they're hanging their hat on it. They're not like me the other day when I was like, wow. The Cardinals were in the NLCS just one season ago. How nuts is that? Uh, so that's why it's annoying in my book, at least. Uh, cheers to you, Jay David. To you, again, to all the pad people. March Hayden says, I'm going to put some more booze. It's, hindight, it's hindsight to say how come we kept Bader instead of a Rosarena, but after 19, I was done with Bader. Yeah, and a lot of us were, right? Uh, uh, and Harrison Bader did a lot to restore his, his value or some of his value in 2020 i think that's one of the things that's definitely getting lost in all of this uh but remember this all goes back to the september of 2019 when the cardinals had three outfielders and harrison bader marcelo zuna and dexter fowler who were all hitting below 200 uh aside from fowler who all had an on-base percentage below 300 who weren't doing any damage but were still getting run out there every game uh, while Randy Rosarena wasn't given a chance, while Tyler O'Neill wasn't given a chance in September. Uh, that goes to the manager. There were opportunities there to get Randy Rosarena, and when he got the play he produced, that one game uh, after the, 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 uh, the marathon game uh, in Arizona, he produced. But that goes to the manager. He, was, he should have been given a shot here and there when the other outfielders were struggling. Uh, that's how i do it if I was a manager in September trying to make a playoff push. Uh, but... Uh, uh, can't find out about a guy until he's in there. So anyways, yes, uh, I think most of us were pretty well close to being done with Bader. Uh, and again, the other thing to remember is it takes two teams to make a trade. And while it, it is rumored that other players were discussed in the Libertor Arena trade, uh, don't be surprised if, and it's kind of been mentioned too, that that's the Tampa Bay Rays wanted Randy Arena. Uh, let's see. Big ELC says, didn't head nearly enough slurp. Uh, hey, Sue Style. So, okay, I could be wrong. 
but I think our good friend Stu Styles is dropping a new single tomorrow. So check out Stu Styles uh, 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 Twitter page. Uh, maybe it's coming out tonight at midnight. I'm not 100% sure, but Stu is an incredibly talented artist uh, who I, I think is an incredible human being on top of that. Um, and uh, uh, so check that out, please. Uh, again, if he puts it up, I'll retweet, I'll retweet it. I'll listen to it tomorrow. Uh, Sammy Helms says, happy third. My wife, Jamie Helms, wants to know, why does everyone get rid of... Oh, why does everyone... She wants to know why everyone we get rid of bites the Cardinals in the ass. Yeah, it really feels that way, right? Especially like Luke Voigt and uh, Randy Rosarena in particular. Um, Lance Lynn, uh, who was just traded to the White Sox. Yeah, it feels that way. Uh, And the answer is, I don't know. You know, John Mazalak has kind of said that part of it is they don't value talent. They they, they need to do it. That's not what he said. I don't, I'm fucking, I'm an idiot. What John Mazalak has said is that they need to do a better job of evaluating the talent they have in-house. And uh, that probably what it means to me. Uh, That's probably why it's happening is there that other teams are doing a better job of using analytics to, to, pinpoint the players and other organizations that they want and maybe the cardinals aren't doing that with their own players along with players in other organizations uh is brendan ryan coming back jay david yeah i would love that that'd be amazing a little while ago uh, uh, uh mr jason hicks said shot shot shots again we got two more of those things uh so uh we'll probably have one here in just a little bit josh says but hey at least most said reyes will probably be starting next year yeah and again that's a fun one too because uh, again, the Cardinals are going to need a ton of starters. Every team in baseball is going to need uh, a, a ton of starters next year. Uh, so, yeah, it's reasonable to think it's going to happen. But with Alex Reyes, I just wonder if his best spot is in the bullpen. Like, he might be the one guy where you just say, oh, maybe we leave Alex Reyes in the bullpen. Uh, Jay Duda says a bunch of stuff. Yachty helps the bottom line. He, I think that he does. Um, Lance Dan says, you think DeWitt, DeWitt could be moving slower because he's close to Manfred and is skeptical of the season? That's a very good point, uh, uh, Mr. Butler. Uh, uh, I, I think that you're probably on to something there. I, I think that that's uh, a scent we're sniffing on. I don't, I'm disgusted in myself for saying what I just said. I wish I hadn't said it. Um, I'm taking the hoodie off. Oh, boy, I'm going to end up having my shirt off by the end of the night, aren't I? Oh, that's not a good sign. Uh, um, yeah, so that's a good point, and that's something we're keeping an eye on, and it's something that I wish that I would have thought of. Good work, Adam Butler. Uh, oh, Mr. Hicks asks, do you think Ronnie Williams will have a better shot to make it in San Francisco? I do. Uh, uh, again, Ronnie's not on their 40 man and anybody who isn't on the 40 man also always faces a, a tough task, but yes, I, I do think that, uh, uh, Ronnie Williams, who was taken by the San Francisco giants in the rule five has a better chance in the, in the giants organization that he has in the Cardinals. Um, uh, real fast. The guys like Ronnie Williams, again, uh, uh, Jordan Brink never pitched for the Cardinals in any way. Uh, but to, to everybody who was selected in the Rule 5, who hopefully have a better chance in another organization than in the organization they were in yesterday, uh, we raise our glass. Look, being a minor leaguer is a tough thing. Uh, this is just another obstacle, another, another uh, uh, example of how tough being a minor league baseball player is. Again, we're, in, we're 40 minutes into this or however long we're into this, and we haven't even talked about minor league reconstruction and minor league uh, 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 contraction. So uh, to all the minor leaguers, to Ronnie Williams, who dealt with a lot of injuries uh, on his road to what will hopefully be a major league debut and hopefully with the San Francisco Giants. I liked watching, I liked watching Ronnie Williams. And when he wasn't overused uh, at Springfield in 2019, he was really impressive. Hello, Victoria. Uh, welcome. Uh, you're, come in. 
to Prospects After Dark whenever you like. You're the best. Uh, Jay David says, Johan Oviedo. Yeah, so when I was mentioning the guys who will probably start in 2021 if a 2021 season is played in earnest, uh, 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 Johan Oviedo, I forgot, he's going to get starts too. Our good friend Ben Cerruti says, wait, lots of guys around 100 innings. Are we calling it a piggyback? I love that. So that is something that Ben has been a champion of for years. I mean, since before he started writing for Birds on the Black uh, for, for years. And at the minor league level, they, they had always, not they had, but uh, the Astros, the Cardinals, some teams had always done like piggyback starts where a guy starts for five innings, hits their pitch count, and then the other guy finishes it off if they could finish it off. And I think that this would be a good year to try something like that. Uh, I would love that. Look, I want to see, I want to be, like, I want teams to be inventive. And it's, like, to me, inventive isn't going to the same guys in the seven, sixth, seventh, eighth. Uh, uh, yeah, get aggressive. Why not? You know, you, you've you got – the Cardinals are one of the few teams that probably have the arms that they could do, like, a four-person piggyback with, and then Jack Flaherty doing his thing. So let's do it. Yeah, let's get wild. Let's get weird. Let's get inventive here. Because you know what? The Cardinals, unless they drastically improve their offense – they need to do something to give themselves a competitive edge, and that would be it. And that'd be something fun to watch and something I could get behind. Uh, PMW00 says, after Wayno's season, they simply can't afford to let him retire, uh, uh, to not let him retire in a Cards jersey. Yeah, between winning the Roberto Clemente, uh, between all the money that he's given to minor leaguers, between all of the money he's given to charities, all the time he's given to charities, all the work that he's done in St. Louis, uh, uh, between the incentive contracts, like, again, Yadier Molina is a whole different entity. Adam Wainwright is a whole different human being. And again, the, the taking $2 million in 2018 and taking $5 million with incentives that ended up escalating higher than that, uh, in, you know, the last two years, like he's just, he's such, I, I would bring back Adam Wainwright if I had to choose between the two. That's just me. I also am a big Andrew Kisner fan. Uh, and I think the Cardinals are going to need every arm. Major League Baseball teams are going to need every arm that they can. I still think Gaddy's a great catcher. I think he's a great defensive catcher. I think he's a St. Louis icon. That's not to take away from that, but given the two choices, uh, the choice between the two, I'm taking Wayno. Uh, and to to uh, 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 PMW 00's point, uh, watching Wayno retire somewhere else would be tough. Ben Cerruti says, only if when it's speculation falls gets. I didn't see what you guys were talking about. Braun Not Braun says, hey, Kyle. Hello, Braun Not Braun. How are you? Spaghetti Jones says, what up, dog? What up, Spaghetti Jones? How are you, my friend? Welcome all my old friends to Prospects After Dark. Uh, Rumsfeld, uh, Rumsfield78 says, Peorius, hi, hey, I'm Jack. Yeah, so I guess the one uh, one of the few like really positive things, in my opinion, that come out of the minor league contraction and reshuffling is that Peoria is now the high A affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals, not the low A full season affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. Palm Beach becomes the low, uh, uh, the low full season affiliate uh, of the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, we could probably start removing the full season out of uh, the minor league affiliates because the short season teams, which used to be Johnson City and State College, are now college collegiate wooden bat leagues. Um, Johnson City, unless I'm mistaken, is going to be mostly freshman and collegiate freshman and sophomore. And then uh, the State College is going to be a mix of like potentially high schoolers, but mostly collegiate seniors, from what I understand, and some JUCO kids. So that's going to be a really interesting league there, too. Uh, the only short season complex is going to be the Dominican Summer League and the Gulf Coast League. And even then, I, I think that that's going to be more year-round uh, instructional. But we're going to have to wait and see what kind of shape that that takes. Uh, but, yeah, to, to the people in Peoria, again, uh, the people in Peoria are awesome. I, I love all of them. I hope this gives them a chance to continue to grow uh, to not only the Peoria fans, but the Peoria front office. To them, I raise my glass.
Uh, Josh says, give me a percentage chance they re-sign Brad Miller. Uh, I'll say 50%. You know, I, I don't think – now, granted, Brad Miller had like 12 great games in a 60-game season, but I don't think that Brad Miller did so much that uh, he's going to make more than $2 million that he made last year, prorated $2 million, of course, because it's 60 games, but you guys know what I'm saying. Um, I, I, you know, so I, I would say – I would say a 50% chance. Again, it just depends on how everything falls. I probably would have said 35% chance, but when Colton Wong walked, it just I could see that that happening now um, a little bit more. Cardsfan022 says, name a player that is going to have a make-or-break season. Mine is Paul DeYoung. I, I thought 2020 would have been a make-or-break season for Paul DeYoung, and maybe if we would have had a full year, Cardinalsfan022, uh, maybe then we would have had a true make-or-break season. But uh, – with the offense being the exact same, without anything changing, Paul DeYoung is the most important cog in that entire offense. Uh, because if he isn't producing, then the Cardinals' offense is going to be complete trash. And if he is producing, uh, then the Cardinals' offense is going to be average. And that's that's just where it is. You know, there's only so much that, that Paul Goldschmidt can do. There's only so much that Dylan Carlson can do. You know, there's only so much that Tommy Edmond can do. Like, their roles are not to be this year at least. Their role they're to be run producers on the front end, not on the back end. So Paul DeYoung is without a doubt the most important offensive cog for the St. Louis Cardinals as currently constructed in the 2021 season. Colonel Langus uh, says, uh, "Hey pal, what's up, Colonel Langus? Hey Jay Ferg, I'm flipping you off, bud. I'm flipping you off." Jay Ferg says, "What up, Kyle?" Good to see you, bud. No middle finger emoji. Uh, I'm still flipping it to you. Jay Ferg, uh, uh, it's a great to see you, my friend. Thank you for being here for Prospects After Dark. Uh, you're the best. PMW says Bader is less than Rosarena. He also says Bader is less than Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, Bader is equal to everyone's favorite player. I like what just happened there. Uh, uh, Jay Ferg says RIP Tiny Lester, a.k.a. Debo. Oh, I didn't know that that happened. That's sad shit. I'll raise my glass for Debo. Mm. Uh, where do you think Springer going? Uh, Chris Haven, 4179. Oh, uh, first off, uh, uh, Jeff Niehaus says support your local artists. And I agree with that. Just a quick little amendment to that. Not only support your local artists, but I view chefs and business owners as artists as well. So support local businesses as often as possible. Support local artists. Uh, uh, Stu Styles again, is going to be releasing some music here in a little bit. You're going to want to check that out between your Taylor Swift listening pleasure. Um, where do I think George Springer is going to go? You know, so the, my thought is always, whenever I think about where these players are going to go, I just kind of assume they're all going to go to the Dodgers. Like somehow the Dodgers are going to make room for George Springer and then trade guys and somehow get better in the future and in the current. It's the most amazing thing. They, they end up getting other teams to trade uh, players so that they can get the marquee name in the deal. And then at the same time, still sign guys like George Springer to deals where you're like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, I, I don't know, man. You know, uh, there are, maybe the Angels, something like that. Look, the Angels are going to spend money eventually. The Mets, it's rumored that he's high on the Mets list. I could see him going to the Mets. Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest. I... With as slow as the Cardinals market is, you would think that I would have some idea what's going on outside of the Cardinals market, uh, but I don't. I have no idea. I am very, very unaware of anything that is happening in the outside world. Uh, the Days of Lore. Hey, what's up? 
Uh, that's my question. The talent evaluation is bad. That needs to be addressed. I agree. Uh, look, uh, my hope is that the Cardinals aren't just giving a line to the media. My hope is that the Cardinals are actually listening to what they're saying about some of the evalu- uh, talent evaluation that is going on internally. You know, it's one thing for me to say, uh, you know, it's one thing for me to say, you know, the Cardinals have, we as the Cardinals, if I was a part of the Cardinals, we as the Cardinals were just having trouble evaluating and we're going to correct it. Uh, that's the Jeff Fisher, right? To all the Rams fans out there, uh, we're going to fix that. We're going to fix that. They never really did any work to fix the things that were all fucked up. Uh, so, yes, the Cardinals need to make sure that they're not just selling a line to the media and to fans, that it's something that they're actually working on. Uh, maybe the pitching lab that they were building in Florida will contribute to the success uh, uh, of evaluating talent internally. Uh, maybe uh, the data shared between Major League Baseball's new advanced analytics system built into stadiums, maybe that'll help them. I'm not sure, but it definitely needs to get better. And again, remember not to look, I love Randy Rosarena. You guys know that. And not to detract from what Luke Boyd has done and some other players have done. Uh, but let's not forget that we're still talking about a very small sample size with Randy Rosarena. Uh, and he just went through something very, very public and very, very uh, uh, illegal potentially illegal uh and that can really mess with a person uh and that's a whole lot to deal with so let's just let's give randy some time to see exactly what he is but i still don't think that those two guys should detract from the fact that maybe the cardinals have a little trouble uh okay again because when you're talking about maybe tyler o'neill and maybe harrison bader and maybe lane thomas and uh and what else is going on that they it's not to say that they don't have a problem evaluating uh, the talent within their own organization because it definitely seems that way uh, Luke Fay, what's up, Luke? How are you? Sure, you touched on Bader, but is he a starter on more than five teams other than the Cardinals? You know, without thinking about it, I would suspect that there's at least five teams that are tanking that, that he would be a starter on. So I'll say yes uh, to that question. If you say half of the league, no. Uh, I will say that there are a lot of teams that would probably be happy running a, def- a true defensive center fielder, although he did take steps back last year analytically in both by the eye test. Uh, defensively that would with good offenses that would love to have a guy like Harrison Bader a trolling center you know Kevin Kiermeyer, although he went deep in the World Series isn't exactly an offensive powerhouse uh, but he fits what the Rays do and he fits it pretty damn well so it works out you know Ender Inciarte for years I was told was a great player uh, uh, and he was a starter and is a starter and Again, I think it just comes down to a lot of these guys who are at the major league level for the St. Louis Cardinals, they were just used in maybe a platoon situation, as our good friend uh, uh, Forever Cards uh, 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 brings up. If he would, they were used properly, or, or maybe the Cardinals had more options that they were willing to platoon and use to, in matchups that work for them. You know, Maybe that's how you get the most out of these players. But the Cardinals don't do that. They aren't doing that, and they aren't showing signs of doing that. So there's no reason to think that they could and optimize the value of a player like Harrison Bader. Um, you know, it just never happened. Uh, I was thinking about it with Matt Carpenter. This is something I've been tweeting about and talking about for two years with Matt Carpenter. You know, since the 2019 season, wait, 2018 season, when he went on that run for two, three, you know, three months or whatever. And even dating back before that, he's at his best when he is getting rest. He needs to rest. He's older. He's had fatigue issues uh, for years and he has back issues. But he never rests. He plays every day. You have to get, you have to get him rest to maximize whatever skill set he has. Uh, Chris Haven, I hope Hunter Green has a great year. Now, uh, that's in direct conflict with us Cardinal fans. 
But yeah, look, I love Hunter Green. He's a very, very uh, a promising pitching prospect. And for that fan base, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, Ryan Reynolds says, first time I've made it into a live pad in a while. My body is ready. My body is a wonderland. My body is a wonderland. To you, wonderland bodies. Mm. Cards fan 22 says, do you think that NL Central could be the Cardinals division if the Cubs are selling in the Reds too? I think the look, the NL Central is not good. Uh, the Reds, the Reds are interesting the way that they've spent money over the last couple of years. They might have hit a brick wall where they can't spend any more money. Uh, and that's part of the reason why they're getting rid of Russell Iglesias. But maybe the Iglesias move was a precursor to another move in the future. You never know what the Reds, the Reds front office is kind of a wild card. They could still get aggressive. I definitely think that the Cubs have taken a step back, uh, and, you know, unless Chris Bryant gets healthy and produces like the MVP was a couple of years ago. Um, so is the central potentially the Cardinals? Yes, but that should not stop them from continuing to try to upgrade offensive in particular. Zach says, can Oviedo throw 100, 800 to 100 okay MLB innings? Look, I don't think so at this point. You know, the reason that I had other guys ahead of him on the Dirty 35 last year is I was very worried about his command. Look, I think he's got good stuff. And uh, somebody else is going to have to look into the movement profile of it all. I don't even remember how to do any of that. It's the command. And again, you can throw 97 miles an hour, 97 miles an hour with the most lively stuff. But if you're leaving it over the middle of the plate, major league hitters are going to hit it. If you can't locate your curveball, your slider, your cutter, your changeup, your slurve, your screwball, your cork ball, your uh, 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 Native American ball, uh, if you can't do any of that, then major league hitters are going to hit it. So I don't think he's ready for that. I think that, and this is like, this goes back to the how detrimental was it for Major League Baseball to not have a minor league season in 2020, Johan Oviedo might end up being the guy that we see the most like impacted by. Sure, he made it to the major leagues. Sure, he had some productive innings. Uh, sure, he was fun to watch a, a lot and also frustrating to watch. But imagine if he would have had 100 innings at double at A AA and triple A before making a major league debut last year. I, I really think it's guys like Oviedo, uh, pitchers who struggle with control and hitters who strike out a lot. Uh, at the minor league level that without getting into specifics about like background and stuff like that, uh, uh, poverty level, stuff like that, uh, that really are hurt the most by the lack of minor league baseball in the 2020 season. So to your answer, can you throw 80 to hundred? Okay. Innings. I would take the under on that hooks bear. What's a realistic package for Arenado. Is it worth it? Look, uh, Cardinal fans, uh, there are realistic package for Arenado cannot be talked about until you talk about the Colorado Rockies eating as much salary as possible because the Cardinals are not going to take on that salary. So realistic package starts with, are the Rockies willing to eat as much money as possible from that or take a lot of money from the Cardinals to make that happen? None of that seems realistic to me. So uh, uh, without getting into players, uh, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a conversation worth having or an idea worth entertaining. PMW00 says, or they let suboptimal players like O'Neill, Bader, Fowler, and Carp play, and Arizona, uh, Rosa Reina can't get uh, plate appearances. Again, like that happened in September of 2019. There's a whole thing with uh, uh, um, um, uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon in September of 2018 and 2019, where he just sits on the bench and doesn't play. He's like in reserve. There's a lot of really interesting uh, managerial decisions that are made, uh, lineup decisions that are made in that regard. Um but yeah, look, uh, but then, you know, there's the question is with as, as much uh, as power is suppressed 
for right-handed hitters uh, in Bush Stadium, would Randy Rosarena have produced the way in Bush that he did in Tampa? Uh, I, look, I don't know. There's so many variables, so many moving plot points that it's hard to really get a, a gauge for it all. Uh, shout out to Ronnie Belliard from Cunningham. Shout out to Ronnie Belliard, indeed. Hey, good life, Sean says. Well, what's up, Kyle? What a good sign to see you on here. Love to hear about the Cardinals prospects. Yeah, we've talked very little about the Cardinals prospects, Sean, but it's good to see you on here, my friend. I hope you're doing well. Uh, uh, again, all my pad people, look, this has been a weird year, um, but I hope everybody is doing as well as possible. Uh, Chris Haven says, I've heard good things about Ronnie Williams. Yeah, look, uh, he's, he's an emotional guy. He's a fiery competitor. Um, he has good stuff. He's worked through injuries to get himself in a great shape. Uh, and again, he's the kind of kid you root for uh, when you get to watch and, and know a little bit. Uh, Luke Flush says, who is 2021 Edmund? You know, I think the Cardinals and myself, because I'm a big fan, would hope that that's Evan Mendoza, someone like that. Again, I think Evan Mendoza is actually older than Tommy Edmund or about the same age. Uh, but if you're talking about a guy who might be able to come up, play multiple positions, specifically on the infield, and make a minor major league impact, I think the Cardinals would go in the Evan Mendoza route. Um, he's right on the cusp of the major leagues as far as, like, levels go. Um, something, Yeah, like, if you're talking about a new utility role, somebody within the organization, somebody like that. Like, I could maybe see Brendan Donovan being that to a lesser extent. But, again, these are all guys. Uh, yeah. Now, Mendoza was at Springfield, extended camp at Springfield. Um, Donovan wasn't, I don't believe. So there's a whole lot to deal with there. Um, but yeah, maybe somebody like that. Hans Wolo says, Wichita resident here. We went from Miami AAA to Twins AA. Honestly, not complaining. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm glad. And, you know, I hope that you're really taking advantage of your time uh, uh, in uh, 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 Wichita. Uh, that seems like an awesome thing. Thank you for supporting minor league baseball, regardless of who the affiliate is. And uh, yeah, look, there's a lot of talent in that Twins organization. Not to dismiss what's in the Miami organization, but there's a lot of talent in that Twins organization, uh, and they keep doing a great job of evaluating talent and drafting. So you're in good hands there uh, in Wichita as a Twins affiliate. Spaghetti Jones! Spaghetti Jones! says, oh, you know me, cheddar popcorn and bush to enjoy some pad. Look, cheddar popcorn sounds delicious to me. Uh, let's see. Lance Dan says, is there anyone currently in the organization that could replace the young in the next year? No. Look, the Cardinals are specifically weak in the middle infield. Uh, uh, maybe in like three years or four years, you're talking about Mateo Gill. If he continues to develop, uh, uh maybe substantially, uh, uh, offensively specifically, uh, maybe Mateo Gill, but look, uh, it's not going to be Delvin Perez. It's not going to be Edmundo Sosa. Uh, they, they do not have, they're not strong in the shortstop position. Uh, not at all. Uh, let's see. PMW 00 says, I hope Springer goes to hell and doesn't pass go. Uh, we're still very angry about the Astros cheating, uh, but I, I don't you know. I don't. I don't even know if we're necessarily mad about George Springer treating, uh, cheating. I think we're mad about some of the comments that were made after that. But yeah, you can go to hell. Everyone go to hell. Who cares? Matt Stromer says, not sure if it was mentioned, but how great is it that Bernie is back? I haven't got a chance to listen to Bernie, but look, I'm happy for 590. I'm happy for Bernie. Uh, one thing I want to say on here, and Cardinals guess if you can clip this off. Uh, I would love for this to go out because I think Danny Mac thinks I hate him or he hates me or something like that. But uh, I, as we're talking about media personalities in St. Louis, uh, Dan McLaughlin, uh, he is a great play-by-play -play man for the St. Louis Cardinals. 
I love when he orgasmed violently when Harrison Bader hit the easel out in Big Mac land. Uh, my most erotic moment as a Cardinal fan, no doubt. But I had the privilege of listening to Dan McLaughlin call a Billikens basketball game a couple days ago. And he's legitimately good at calling basketball. Uh, he was good at calling football. He's good at calling baseball. And he's good at calling basketball. He is a, a legitimately, Dan McLaughlin is a legitimately great play-by-play for play-by-play, specifically doing play-by-play guy uh, uh, in America. One of the best. If we're talking about calling play-by-play, he's legitimately as good as uh, uh, any region could hope for uh, in any sport. Uh, Book to Dano says, would getting Andrew Alton Simmons be like making the whole airplane out of Harrison Bader's? You know, a couple years back, Andrew Elton Simmons uh, had a great offensive year, and I thought, oh, this could be really fun. This could be something that the Cardinals would like. Let's trade for him. Uh, and I don't think that it ended up working uh, in the long run for him. But, yeah, look, uh, again, Andrew Elton Simmons is a guy that I would not have any trouble at all with the Cardinals bringing in, depending on how much he made. I don't think there's anything wrong about bringing in that guy. Uh, I Honestly, I'd love to see how, you know, if you take home runs out, how his off- and I haven't looked at it, how his offensive numbers stack up, uh, the counting stats, you know, not the advanced metrics, to Paul DeYoung. I, I, I never even thought about it until this very moment, and I'm probably showing myself to be a complete rue because of it. Um, uh, Braun Not Brown says, who am I going to be pissed that we don't sign or trade for this year? Probably everyone, Braun Not Braun, and that's not about you, that's about just the fans, because I really don't see the Cardinals making too many moves, and I think that the Cardinals have kind of been trying to telegraph to us that they're not going to make many moves. Uh, I think we'll have a clearer picture when we start hearing the rhetoric after whatever happens with Wayno and Yachty happens with Wayno and Yachty. Josh says, do you think O'Neill's gold glove fielding Bible are enough for him to nab the left field spot in 21? No, no. Again, to me, uh, uh, just think about it logically. Well, no, that logically is such a, a flippant word in that particular context. Think about it from the front office. What do you have? You have a center fielder who just had a WRC plus of 113. You have your last year of Dexter Fowler and Dylan Carlson, who needs to and should play every day. And I think, by and large, that's going to be your starting outfielder unless they bring somebody in. Uh, I personally believe that Tyler O'Neill over a full season, and I will stick with this uh, until the end of days. And by the way, we're going to do a little shot here for Tyler O'Neill in a second, but of something a little bit different. Um, I think Tyler O'Neill deserves an everyday spot. I think if it would have been a full season, I think we would have seen a different player. Uh, and hopefully he gets a chance to prove that somewhere else in the long run. Uh, real fast. So Tyler O'Neill mentioned that his favorite candy are Smarties. And of course, us Americans were like, fucking Smarties. Those things are fucking terrible. Who's ever had those? But in Britain and in Canada, they have these things. Uh, and they're basically just the British and Canadian version of M&Ms. And they are fucking amazing. So, to Tyler O'Neill, uh, to Prince Sex O'Neill, I raise my little box of Smarties uh, to you, sir. Buenos dias. Sorry, I'm going to have my mouth full. I don't know if this is going to make good television. Uh, ben Cerruti says, I wouldn't mind Simmons. One of few I'd move young to third for. Yeah, I like that. Uh, oh, boy, this was a really stupid idea. God damn it. Uh, let me try to choose real fast. I'm such a fucking asshole. See, this is how stupid I am. I think, oh my god, I've got these Smarties. I'm going to put them in my mouth. And I'm going to try to talk to people who, for whatever dumb reason, decide to tune into me talking like a fucking asshole. God damn it. 
I wish I were like my Alright, so Ben Thuri says, I want Ha Song Kim more though. Yeah, uh, it seems like the entire Cardinal fan base thinks that they're the only ones who are in on Ha Sung Kim. Uh, uh, and it seems like every fan base is clamoring for Ha Sung Kim. And I'm anxious to see how that all works out because I've got a feeling with as many fan bases who are aware of him, there's going to be as many organizations that are as aware of him. Uh, and uh, he's probably going to sign for more than we all thought. Look, uh, here's the thing is I want to do another shot. <laughs> this one's called a strawberry slammer. Uh, to my prospects after dark, my birds on the black family, I raise my glass. No. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I had to wash that chocolate out of my mouth. Anyways, go to Amazon. Well, that's all in my beard. Uh, go on Amazon, buy some Smarties, and... Uh, Eat them off of your lover's chest. Ben Zerudi, not sure why story would be available. Oh, oh, God. Trevor's story from the the uh, uh, the Rockies would be amazing. That'd be the perfect acquisition. Of course, he'd come here and he'd hit 13 home runs and be hurt all the time. Uh, Todd, my agent, says, why can't cards have nice things? Uh, Todd, it's because they're doing it solely just to aggravate you uh, into being mad online. Uh, Brendan Wheeler says, Helsley got a shot in the rotation. In 2021, <laughs> uh, I hope so. I would love to see it, and I think he's earned it. I just don't think that that's something that the Cardinals are going to do. Uh, again, they're going to need as many pitchers to take as many innings as possible in 2021. Uh, I just think that they view him as a bullpen piece. Card Gift says, whatever happened with TLR's DUI? Um, you know, I don't really know. I think that uh, he maybe filed a suit against the city of the police department in Chicago or something like that. I don't know. It, since he refused to take the exam, uh, uh, he refused to take the drunk exam when he was pulled over um, and said that, you know, he's a legend or whatever. Um, I think that, uh, um, hold on. Oh, God. Mouthful is the name of this pad. Thank you, Cards Gifts. Thank you, Mr. Hicks. Uh, that's how far behind I am. I'm still 43 messages behind. I've made no. So, Gifts, I don't know whatever happened with TLR's DUI. Look, uh, more than likely, they're trying their hardest to sweep it underneath the rug. Uh, God only knows. Colonel Angus says, I like when you get up close to the camera, Kyle. When I'm like this, I'll get as close to this motherfucker as you could ever imagine. A Hall of Fame, brother. <laughs> there we go. Sean Gransky says, uh, the fact that the Cardinals might be looking to add an average outfielder in 2020 is mind-blowing. What's mind-blowing is that, again, look, Dexter Fowler had a really good 2020 season. Harrison Bader had a really good 2020 season. And uh, 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 Dylan Carlson deserves a shot to be an everyday outfielder in 2021. What blows your mind is that adding an average bat to the lineup uh, outside of, again, in my personal opinion, Dylan Carlson, Paul Goldschmidt, and maybe Tommy Edmond, uh, adding an average bat to that lineup really enhances the lineup. And that's a position that the Cardinals are in right now, and that's tough. It's tough as a Cardinals fan to really swallow. And again, look, all these guys have a potential to be more. Paul DeYoung could be more. He might be more. He probably, hopefully, will be more. Tommy Edmond could be more. He could be the 2019 version of himself. Uh, uh, up and down, Tyler O'Neill could be more. Um, like they've got guys who could be more. They're just not that now. Uh, and it's frustrating. That's why we as Cardinal fans and why Cardinal fans in particular are struggling with the fact that it doesn't seem like there's any urgency to get any better anytime soon. Um, 
but there's still a lot of untapped potential and untapped promise in the in the lineup that's already there as it's currently constructed. PMW says very true words about a Rosalina Kyle. Great points. Uh, sample size is small. Yeah, and look, he's going to be a good player. We all knew he was going to be a good player. The thing that I've said about Randy and Rosalina, and again, we never took into account that he would do 200 push-ups a day while he was on the COVID list uh, and eat chicken and rice and get himself in the best the best condition of his life. But I've always viewed Randy and Rosalina as kind of a Gerardo Parra, uh, third, fourth outfield type who can play three positions, but you prefer that he be in a corner somewhere, preferably in left field. Uh, and who plays 10 years in the major leagues and gets the pension. Like, five to 10 years in the major leagues gets close to the pension. Like, that's always what Randy Rosarena was going to be. It's just a matter of, like, not adding to the equation that sometime in his life he was going to do 200, going to do 200 push-ups a day uh, and really tap into that power potential. Bronot Brown says, if you evaluate players by if they've start for five other teams, you become the sixth worst team in MLB. That's fair. I think Jay Duda says I've noticed discrepancies in how websites rate Gorman's defense. Your tech. No, I, this is Jay Duda. I was one of the first people to say that Nolan Gorman was above average. Well, uh, there were a lot of people who said he was going to have to move up off a third uh, from the beginning. Uh, I said he would not. I would say that in 2019, Nolan Gorman took great steps to become average above average at the minor league level with potential to be average to above at the major league level uh one of the things that i was pretty crazy about was saying that his arm is should be graded better than what it was and now we're starting to see that happening so i think again i stand by uh and again we're going off of old evaluations i've heard nothing but glowing reviews about what happened in springfield in 2020 but if giving my evaluation of what i saw in 2019 he is an above average defensive third baseman at the the A plus level and with the potential to be an average to above third baseman at the major league level. If he keeps on his current trajectory, uh, Dunderhead 21 says, did you play baseball? Nope. Never in my life. Can't imagine what baseball is. PMW zero zero says carp has done it. Vader hasn't that for sure. Uh, Dunderhead says Reno aces fan. Look, I love the Reno aces broadcast. That's one of my favorite broadcasts. Um, those guys are awesome. The Reno Aces uh, Twitter account is a great Twitter account to follow. Did I play baseball? Yeah, look, I, I didn't play any kind of baseball that mattered. That's probably the best way of putting it. Lance Dance, uh, it feels like Bader's defense brings a floor that they just default to when they aren't going well. That's it. Boom. That's it. You know, that's kind of the issue with war, right? Defensive heavily weighted war is, especially when it comes to outfielders, is it's easy to say well, look at this war. Look at this number. Like, this is a valuable player, and it is a valuable player. But all that does is, like, give you a chance to make that argument. It doesn't necessarily flesh out the whole argument, at least in my opinion. Uh, and, again, that's not what Adam's saying. Adam is very specific in what he's saying. And it feels like Bader's defense brings a floor that they just default to when they aren't going, when things aren't going well. And that is absolutely it. That, that's a great point, Adam. Uh, I want Schwarber, a.k.a. Babe Ruth, from Colonel Angus. I think it'd be amazing if the Cardinals signed uh, Kyle Schwarber to the cheapest contract ever and he ended up becoming, like, an MVP candidate. That'd be, man, that's what we need as Cardinal fans. And, again, look, he's a free agent. He's not a Cub anymore. I'm not mad that, that in 2015 he lit the Cardinals up and the broadcast was stroking his dick. Like, I don't have a problem with that anymore. It doesn't matter. He's not a Cub. Uh, so my mind immediately defaults to – Let's get him here in St. Louis and let's make the Cubs look fucking bad. Like, that's just where my mind goes. Uh, Jeff Niehaus says, Arenado, Story and Blackman are rocks for life. 
uh, or until they've completely exhausted all their value and they can be traded to Toronto. Uh, Big ELC says, I sometimes wonder if it's a difficult to see at Bush. I know dimensions are tough for hitters, but a uh, batter's eye and sight lines are important. Yeah, it could very well be that. Um, there's been a lot of talk about what Ballpark Village does to hitters. Um, uh, you know, maybe the wind and blah, 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 like stuff that I don't understand because I'm a fucking moron who does shots on a Thursday night uh, in front of a camera on his phone. Um, but yeah, look, it could very well be stuff like that. I've never heard hitters complain about it. And hitters have never been, like, retired hitters in particular have never been quick to complain. Uh, I've never been, like, long to complain about bad hitting environments. Red Garrity, hey, Red, what's up? Uh, man, I haven't seen you as you bring it up here. You've been to Richmond Heights Schnooks lately, or are you just doing Instacart? So I do go to that Schnooks a lot. Uh, I'm not an Instacart person. Um, I... You know, I have my temperature taken. I go through a pretty strenuous test to get into work every day. Um, I'm I'm religious about using hand sanitizer, about wearing a mask everywhere I go. I go on walks through Forest Park every day. Uh, I wear a mask to go through the walks and like the little jog I do. Um, I uh, I'm I'm pretty crazy about keeping things clean and staying um, uh, you know safe. Uh, so I still go to the, the Schnooks, and I'm sorry I haven't seen you, bud. What about you? Are you doing Instacart? I hope you're doing well. I hope everybody's family is doing well. Mr. Hicks says, uh, Sosa going to be the utility guy, I think. I could be really happy with that, too. Look, uh, uh, I think defensively, Edmundo Sosa would be a really, really great piece to use. Again, if used properly, he's got a good amount of pop. Uh, and if you can use him against lefties in particular, um, especially lefties that are fastball fastball changeup type lefties he always does pretty well against that he his power zone is low in the zone so any any lefty that throws low in the zone and he's also kind of a show-stopping defensive shortstop in particular the question is you know a year ago we were talking about Tommy Edmonds spelling Paul DeYoung and that never happened you know uh, we've talked about getting Paul DeYoung rest for two years and it never happens so I do think Edmundo Sosa has a chance to be a really useful uh, a utility guy, not like a not a great player or anything like that, just a really useful utility guy who allows Paul DeYoung to get some rest and be good in the long run if used in matchups properly. Uh, I just have not seen evidence that the Cardinals are going to do that with this particular coaching staff. So, yeah, uh, again, to your point, like Edmundo Sosa, when you watch him on a regular basis, it's kind of fun to see, uh, to see that power that he has because when you look at him, you don't, necessarily think he has that power especially with pitches low in the zone uh and a lot of that power ends up going to right field which is really weird for a right-handed hitter um so that's kind of interesting too but uh yeah so he, i do think Edmundo sosa could be a really good you know 25th 26th 24th man on a roster uh josh says ravello and uh jeff neo says hello so those two kind of came together and yeah, uh, to, uh, real fast, I'll raise my glass to Ron Hel Ravello, who is no longer a member of the Cardinals organization, uh, or uh, who is no longer a member of the 40-man of the Cardinals organization. The other details I don't remember because I'm terrible at this. Uh, we raise our glass to Ron Hel Ravello. Uh, hello. with the Bader home run. Uh, hell yeah, that Danny Mac calling Bill's game. That was Ghost Lou. That's right, Ghost Lou to the Billikens. 
All right, so, all right, we're about an hour and whatever into Prospects After Dark. I still have a little bit of booze. We're going to pour a little bit more booze. I still have one more Jello shot to do. We'll save that for the end, I guess. Uh, boy, tomorrow's going to be a rough morning, isn't it? Um, let's see. Uh, Jay Duda says, wishful that Carp and Carlos could surprise. Had solid inter-squad camps. Uh, grain of salt. Yeah, look, uh, ignore all that the camp stuff. Ignore all the camp stuff. That doesn't matter anymore. They were both bad in 2020. Carlos's might have been COVID-aided. Uh, uh, Carpenter, again, like, there's nothing about Carpenter's 2020 season that should make you promise, should give you any promise for 2021. Uh, and I love Matt Carpenter. That's not to diminish my love for Matt Carpenter or my appreciation for Matt Carpenter as a St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, and it's just been one thing after the other with Carlos Martinez uh, and also a lot of ineffectiveness, again, probably brought on by COVID in 2020. So uh, I'm, I'm always optimistic that Carlos Martinez, we're going to see the 2015 to 2017 version of Carlos Martinez. I'm always optimistic that we're going to see that. I just don't think that the Cardinals are in a position where they can bank on that. And I still think that Carlos Martinez finds his way out of the Cardinals organization by the end of the year. Uh, I just don't know what that looks like. Uh, I was worried at first that if the Cardinals decided to trade Carlos Martinez, um, that they wouldn't be able to because of how much money he makes. You know, $11.5 million or whatever it is in 2021. But I feel like, even then, he still makes too much money. But I feel like watching some of these pitchers like Wade Miley, who's a good pitcher, you know, get $11 million, that there is probably a way to make it happen. Um, I don't know where, I don't know who, I, you know, whatever. But at least I think the Cardinals are in a position where if he proves that he's healthy, um, you know, with med medicals and all that stuff, that um, he could potentially get moved. And I think it's probably in the best, his, his best interest and the Cardinals' best interest um, but yeah, look, uh, don't, the inner squad does not matter at all. And we're, we're way, way beyond the inner squad, uh, way too far away from the inner squad for, to even think about that as a viable option of appraising talent and potential. Adam Butler says with O'Neill, it's important to remember that improvement isn't always linear. Yeah. So what specifically what Adam Butler is bringing up is right. He lowered his K rate. He upped his walk rate. Sure. He had some issues. Uh, and he got better defensively. Those are all positives. And sure, you won't look like, yep, sub 200. Uh, the power wasn't necessarily there the way that you had hoped. Uh, but there are things there to indicate that Tyler O'Neill took many, many positive steps in 2020. And I, I still can't get the 2019, 2020, 2021 thing figured out because of how fucked this year has been. Uh, let's see. God, a good life show on Sean Gransky says, you are the American king of candy. Um, I am here to pair candy with booze. And tonight, we're this is the Smarties and Jello Shots episode of Prospects After Dark. Uh, to you, sir, buenos dias. I wholeheartedly agree on O'Neal. He's an elite defender with elite speed and legit power. Love him. You guys know I love Tyler O'Neal. Uh, uh, I won't quit him. Uh, until he quits baseball, more than likely. Lance Dance says he traded hard hits for contact. He can still find the balance, and I am with you, and I think that we probably would have saw the balance in 2020 if it weren't for the shortened season and the urgency that comes with the shortened season and also Mike Schilt mind-fucking him uh, and hitting him fifth and then taking him out of games for Max Schrock. Uh, mouthful is the name of this pad. Yeah, this is the mouthful episode of Prospects After Dark to Mr. Hicks. <laughs> he just gets it. Jeff Niehaus says, Buenos Dias is Canadian for Buenos Dias. <laughs> oh, that's fucking hilarious. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, 
Big ELC says, you should consider doing this on Twitch. You could legitimately make money. Look, I'm not interested in making money. Everyone else is making money. Uh, look, uh, I was thinking about it the other day. I heard one of my favorite people, uh, my favorite radio personalities, because he's an amazing guy, uh, but I heard one of my amazing radio personalities who does a podcast, my favorite radio personality who does a podcast, say, you know, support the sponsors of the show. Because without them, I wouldn't do this. I would not take the time out of my day to provide you with this product. Now, he didn't say those words exactly. But that's not what I want to be. Like, I, I want to provide this to you for free. Like, I'm not, I'm not interested in making money off of Prospects After Dark. I'm not interested in uh, – I'm not even really interested in growing the fan base. I'm just interested in talking like an asshole whenever I can muster the courage and the energy to do it. Uh, and having you all be a part of that. And, you know – Asking you guys to provide money for it is not something that I'm interested in even a little bit. I, I am proud being broke uh, all the fucking time, and I am happy uh, uh, not asking for any of that and specifically asking that if you decide uh, with your own free will to come in here that you just have a good time while you're here. Like To me, contribute, ask your questions, make your comments, be as fun and as lighthearted as possible. And to me, uh, that is as much payment in an hour or an hour and a half or two hours as I really want. Uh, that's just the person I am. Look, money, all I'm going to do is spend money on shit that I don't need, like Smarties uh, and Jello shots. Uh, so the less money I have, the less damage I'm doing to my body. Uh, uh, and with that in mind, I ask that you come in and just continue to have fun and be lighthearted about stuff and uh, joke around. Uh, that's, that's the payment that I want. That's the payment that I need. Uh, and honestly, that's, uh, that's prospects after dark. That's the culture that's been cultivated because of it. Cardinals fan 22 says this offense can be pretty solid. Only if everyone, but Goldie and Carlson take the next step. I love that. Uh, seven Brent says rip to getting the PS five. Yeah. Seven Brent, you might as well give up on the PS five. Uh, we all are, uh, I, I sat in a queue. Now I sat in a queue. I was doing other shit, but I left it on my phone, uh, for like two hours or something the other day, just watching it seeing if maybe it would happen. And I can't afford that shit anyways. I don't know why I'm pretending like I could. Uh, but I just wanted to see. And yeah, no one's ever getting a PS5. That's the other thing. I'd give you kind of the idea of, and as if you guys don't already know, the culture that we live in. People have computer programs and there's bots and there's people who gobble up like hundreds, if not thousands of PlayStation 5s so that they can resell them on the market at a higher price. That's fucked. Like, can we not be that way? And I get capitalism. I understand uh, uh, this country was founded on the, the principles of capitalism. I think capitalism is a good process. Uh, but when we do shit like that, we're fucking each other over and that's fucked and go get fucked. Uh, can we talk about the Rocket City Trash Pandas? Look, the minor league teams all have great names. The Rocket City Trash Pandas is just one of a set of amazing minor league names. That's one of the few. Hello, Carol Blankenship. How are you? Um, that's one of the most amazing things about minor league baseball is it's baseball with the heart. It's baseball that doesn't take itself seriously. They can name themselves as trash pandas and the city will rally around it uh, and not get pissed off because uh, uh, they're the football team from Washington or whatever. Like uh, there, there's the civic pride comes without a team name or team color scheme. Like that's the majesty of minor league baseball. Uh, along with the, the quaint nature of the sport in general, throwing back to a time when Babe Ruth would sign half drunk down the line. Uh, so, yes, like, that's amazing. We can talk about the trash pandas all you'd like. 
Uh, take a shot for schnooks for me. Uh, I'll take a hit for schnooks. For all the people who were asked to work uh, while everyone else was told to shelter in place, uh, like grocery workers, first responders, myself, uh, people who work in the construction industry, um, uh, 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 all of the healthcare workers, um, everyone, we raise our glass. Uh, UPS, speaking of which, UPS drivers, FedEx drivers, USPS, they were still going to work every day. Trash truck drivers, still going to work every day. We raise our glass to them. What the fuck did I just watch? I mean, uh, that is the best. I mean that in the best way. Oh, I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't, I'm 15 messages behind. There's no telling what I just said. Good Life Sean says, I stepped off this Carlos Martinez train, a damn shame. Used to be my favorite player. He's bad now, though. Yeah, it's kind of a rough go for Carlos. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, uh, yeah, it just sucks. It sucks. You root for the kid. He's got all the talent in the world. I'm going to pour a little bit more booze in here because why the fuck not? Um, uh, he's got all the talent in the world, and it just never seems to come together for him, uh, uh, mostly because of positions he puts himself into, um, but also injuries and other stuff. So, uh, again, we're, we're rooting for Carlos Martinez and hoping for the best. Uh, Sammy Helms. I need some offense for some defense and good hot dogs and nachos, oh, and Budweiser. So to Sammy Helms' point, as we talk about getting having a chance to get back to baseball, uh, get into stadiums, like here's the hoping that everything goes swimmingly with the COVID vaccine, uh, uh, that as soon as possible we can all get to our favorite baseball stadium uh, and enjoy uh, good defense, some offense, a deliciously overpriced hot dog, nachos, and Budweiser. Uh, uh, I'm ready for it. I think we all need it uh, because right now we're all cooped up yelling at each other for the most part. Love you, Sean. Uh, not a PS5. Uh, Big ELC says, respect you're not trying to make money off of this. I'll be here the other way. Good. Again, uh, that means the world to me. Uh, look, I, I, here's the thing about Pat. Like, I don't view Pat as something worth monetizing. Uh, Pat is just kind of like, and uh, for me to monetize, Pat seems pointless because Pat is your show. You're the one supplying the questions. Uh, we're all here as part of a community, right? You know, we're all here as part of a community. So for me to make money off of something that you are equal part of does not make sense to me. Uh, so let's all do this together and let the money, as I make the quotation marks with my fingers, and I've never been able to use quotation marks with my fingers properly, uh, let the money just be enjoyment. Sammy Helm says, can I send some ladies to be your sidekick? I uh, got to go to get a McRib. No, you go get that McRib. Uh, no, ladies. No, no, that's not going to work. Uh, Todd Squad says, I'll pay $6 for this quality content. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd Thiessen. Uh Bots are the worst, man. Yeah, fuck the bots. Uh, Good Life Sean says, you just need that SNES, bro. I've got an SNES somewhere here. I've got a Nintendo 64 somewhere, too. I play the show on my PS4. Uh, and I just play, uh, uh, and I've told you guys, it's the franchise mode. I'm like the lowest level. Cause that's the kind of person I am. Uh, Mr. Hicks says, man, you hit that shit on the head. They all need to go get fucked. Right. How fucked up is that? The, those bots and the people who like, that's so fucked up, man. Like that's one of the, that, and I was thinking about this. I think that there's a lot of positives. Well, let, let me go at this a different way than what I was going to say. One of the big negatives about the particular situation that we are in as a country is that the like PS5s aren't being shipped to Best Buy. All the PS5 buying is happening at online retailers. If this shit, if this shit was being shipped and like how it normally would, if we weren't in COVID times, uh, you'd actually, 
be able to potentially go down to Best Buy and get a PlayStation 5. But you can't do that shit now, and that's fucked, and it sucks, and people are are preying on other people, and that's fucked too. Uh, that bot shit is ridiculous. Absolutely. Victoria with the boost. To you, Victoria, again, thank you for being a loyal pad listener to all my loyal pad listeners. I raise my glass. Han Swallow asks a real question. Do you think the front office is waiting? Do you think the front office is waiting for these awful contracts to fall off? Or is that a convenient excuse? No, I think they are. But don't expect them to get aggressive in 20... Okay, say that after the 2021 season, the Major League Baseball and the Players Union agree to a collective bargaining agreement right away, and 2022 is full bore. Uh, That's when all those bad contracts probably come off as long as Matt Carpenter doesn't get an exorbitant amount of at-bats. Um... So, don't expect them to spend all of that money in one offseason. Don't be surprised if that money ends up getting reallocated to players that are already on the roster, and then they make, like, one addition in, in addition to the n- names on the roster. You know, whether that be Jack Flaherty and Francisco Lindor. It won't be Francisco Lindor. Get that out of your head. That's not going to happen. But whether it be Jack Flaherty and one of the other, uh, Carlos C- uh, uh, Cor- Correa. Uh, you know, someone like that. It's not going to be him either. Get that out of your head too. But whatever that next level of free agents is, uh, don't be surprised if it's like Jack Flaherty and that guy or uh, Tommy Edmond, Alex Reyes, Jordan Hicks, and that guy. Like that, that's probably the way that they'll do it without getting up to $170 million. Uh, I think that those days might be in the past, but we're going to have to wait to see Remember, all this talk about what happens after the 22... First off, all this talk about what's going to happen in the 2021 season is kind of foolhardy because we still don't know what that's going to look like. But remember, between 2021 and 2022 is a collective bargaining agreement that stands to be super contentious. So looking at what happens after 2021, whether it be budgetary or roster-wise or whatever, like, we are at a spot in baseball history that might be that's definitely unprecedented, not only because of COVID, but because of how anticipatedly contentious the CBA negotiations are going to be. Look, they can't even agree on what to do with the DH in 2021. Just think about that uh, and magnify that to what to do with revenue and rosters and et cetera uh, when you get to CBA time. Cards fan 022 says, I hope there's fans in 2021 to hear the ovation from Mr. Carlson. Yeah, again, uh, that would be that's going to be an awesome moment when Dylan finally gets his first standing ovation uh, uh, from the Cardinal faithful. I'm I'm ready for that. I'm excited for it. I'm, I, not not to pander to our audience uh, between Mr. Carlson and Mr. Hicks, but being able to cheer for Jordan when Jordan takes him on for the first time uh, in front of fans that's going to be awesome. You know, if Yachty comes back, if Wano comes back, those moments are going to be magical, and hopefully we get to have those moments in front of fans. Uh, uh, you know, Moderna, Pfizer, thank you for working tirelessly to get the vaccines out. Again, I understand that helps stocks. It helps uh, their bottom line. Like, I get all that, but they did it. Uh, so hopefully they're, they continue to do it. We get as many people vaccinated as possible. And, uh, uh, you know, we're back inside stadiums as soon as possible, too. Uh, I'm with you there. Seven Brent says, uh, crackheads will get the vaccine before us. I don't know about that. Look, I, I, with, you know, the funny thing about the statement crackheads getting vaccine before us is uh, you hear so many people talk about not taking the vaccine. Uh, I hope that crackheads get the vaccine before the people who don't want to take it, that, who are adamantly against it. That's what I say. 
let's see. Uh, M. Stromer says N64 Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest, our MLB featuring uh, Slugfest. Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest, Matt Stromer, uh, my good friend uh, who I got to meet at Mokabee's, to Mokabee's family. Uh, and Matt Stromer, uh, it's uh, it's cards. It's uh, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest, hands down for me. I hated that game, but I loved it at the same time. Uh, to uh, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest on the N64, Mokabees and Matt Stromer. We're almost at the end of Prospects After Dark, family. Seven Brent says, has anyone asked about Snell? Sorry, came on here late. Seven Brent, come in whenever you want. You can ask about Snell. If I answered it, it doesn't matter. I don't remember answering it anyways. I'm about half drunk, maybe three quarters drunk at this point. So uh, it's all brand new answers. What I say now might be different than what I said back then anyways. Who really knows? This is all stream of consciousness. Um, the way that I look at Blake Snell is, if I'm John Mazzella, like I don't think I want to make a trade with Tampa for just maybe a little bit. And also, they probably don't have the juice to make it happen uh, and still be a good competitive team. But I would love to have Blake Snell as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, uh, Adam Butler says, with all the money off the books, they should definitely turn straight to Flaherty with it. And I think that that's the most likely scenario. They'll start with Flaherty, try to lock him up, depending on how 2021 goes for him, of course. Uh, try to lock him up and then pivot from there. Uh, Martinez Hook says, I still can't believe we got Goldie. And, you know, look, I'm one of these people who maybe wasn't as high on the Goldie trade. Like, what I said at the time is Goldie, the Cardinals acquiring Goldie was a 10. The Arizona uh, return for Goldie was an 8. I was worried about the contract that the Cardinals gave Goldie at the time for being as old as he was uh, when they gave him the contract. Uh, I still am. I worry about what that looks like at the end, uh, but that's just the cynic in me. When I think about it, it's really awesome that the Cardinals have Paul Goldschmidt. It was really awesome to see him with a little bit more comfort in a very shortened 2020 season start to look more like the Arizona Diamondbacks version of Paul Goldschmidt. You know, there were times in 2019 where he did not look good at all. I don't feel like we saw that at all in the 60-game sample in 2020. And uh, so, yes, to your point, like, Stepping back and thinking about it, it's pretty fucking awesome that they have Paul Goldschmidt. And as a lot of people on Twitter, and as a lot of Cardinal fans bring up, man, it'd be a shame to really waste those, you know, those Paul Goldschmidt years and provide him with offensive help of only, you know, Dylan Carlson and a lot of complimentary players, potentially, that have potential to be more but haven't quite shown it yet. Uh, so here's the hoping that the Cardinals wise up on that and don't potentially waste the Paul Goldschmidt gears as a Cardinal. Mr. Hicks says, do you think the cards are going to pay Flaherty? Cause you know, he's not going to take friendly deal. Yeah. I think, uh, now they did, they did get a friendly deal for Wayno when they gave Wayno the big contract, but I think that they probably would have gone outside their comfort zone. Uh, I do wonder how, you know, outspoken Flaherty can be, uh, how they might handle that. Um, I, there's a lot of speculation involved in that and I'm not going to go down that road. Uh, I do think that if it's in a reasonable amount of money, uh, that their numbers match up with whatever internal numbers they're giving for evaluation standpoint, I do think that they'll do it. I do. I really do. Uh, but I don't think that they're going to go that much further over where their particular valuation is, uh, depending on how his 2021 season looks. I think, you know, he struggled specifically against Milwaukee in 2020. I think 2021 will give us a better idea of exactly what kind of money the Cardinals are willing to spend on him. 
Uh, Jay Duda says, you ever get the Mocha Bees espresso brownie? Oh, it's great stuff. Look, everything at Mocha Bees. Uh, their drinks are great. Um, they're, I'm not an ice mocha fan. I am a black coffee guy. I just like black coffee. I'll drink black coffee out of a mug all day, every day. Uh, but uh, their, their ice mochas are delicious. The apple cider was delicious. Uh, all of their pastries are delicious. I could tear through the brownies. Uh, uh, and by the way, Jay Duda, talking about the Mocha Bees people. So Matt Stromer and Jay Duda, my Mocha Bees people. Um, Slugfest all the way. I hook it up every once in a while when I miss Old Bush. Oh, my God, I miss Old Bush so much. Drew Langley says, when did Carlson begin showing signs of being special? Any young prospect showing similar signs? No, I would say that Dylan Carlson started showing signs of being special long before he was uh, he was drafted. You know, when he was a teen, potentially a preteen. As far as like on the major league after being drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals, I would say that there were times when he was in the Gulf Coast League in his year of being drafted when he wasn't being overmatched while being asked to do something that was very tough. Uh, I would say that when he was put at Peoria at a very young age and he handled that assignment relatively well, although his stats weren't there, you know, when he, when he wasn't getting overpowered necessarily, I think that was a sign. But I would say that for everybody who was watching and paying attention at home, it wasn't until he got to double A. Now there were times in P when he started the year off in 2018 at Peoria and he, his average was low, but he was actually hammering the ball. And then he went to Palm Beach and was starting to put it together. I think that you could see it. I think entering 2019, he was probably the, the guy that you would say, this guy's going to break out in 2019. And then he was at Springfield. And when he started hitting home runs, I think that's when we all knew that he was going to be special in that league. Now, as far as if there's any young prospects showing similar signs, I can't answer that honestly. Uh, in 2019, there might have been prospects that were showing those signs, but all of these kids have just missed one full year of competitive baseball uh, at the professional level. So anybody who was showing signs in 2019 just missed an entire season of minor league baseball. And I don't really feel comfortable saying that any of those guys have a chance to continue showing it, you know, like uh, to a different level, Brendan Donovan was one of those guys. Uh, he would go through a three week span at the beginning of the year where he was bad in 2019 and he was, he was old for the level, the Peoria level. But he, he had a little bit of power, had a good strikeout rate, had a good walk rate. Um, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, you know, he, older than the, the high school drafted Dylan Carlson. But no one like Dylan Carlson. And that's what makes Dylan special. Like, he has all of the intangibles and all of the skill set that let you know that he's going to be a major leaguer for a very, very long time. Uh, so to ask for a prospect along those lines is tough. But, uh, I, I, you know, unfortunately, I know that that's a very, very contrived way of saying that I don't know and that we none of us know. Uh, I hope that you appreciate the honesty that comes with with that. Uh, what I am hopeful for is that we get a minor league season that starts at the same time a major league season starts in 2021. And then we can explore some pretty aggressive small sample size theater uh, entering May or June, and we can get overly aggressive about some of the steps that some of the kids made. Uh, look, I got I, I received positive reviews for nearly everyone who was at Springfield. Look, there are glowing reviews about Nolan Gorman. There are glowing reviews about Matthew Libertor. I've heard some really interesting reviews about Aliris Montero. That really it bugs me that it like it bums my heart that we didn't get to see any of him in 2020 in affiliated baseball. Um, uh, so. 
we're just going to have to wait and see is the answer to that question, as shitty of an answer as that is. Josh says, how insane is it that the team who was two wins away from the World Series trophy is probably trading away their ace? Yeah, that's uh, – and in those those games that they lost, they were right there. And, and again, I think that we're going to see more teams take the Tampa Bay model than, than the Dodgers model. So – you know, and for as a fan, like I enjoy that. I enjoy the idea that Blake Snell might be traded. I'm glad he's not a Cardinal that might get traded. Uh, but like that's fun. It makes the offseason a little bit more interesting, right? Uh, and it is crazy, Josh, no doubt. Good life. Sean asked, Do you listen to John Boy? Dude had a stacked lineup today. I think you could be the card syndicate. Yeah, I don't know about that. And I don't, you know, I don't really listen to many podcasts. I've been trying to listen to Mr. Gould a little bit more here and there. Um, one thing I want to say really quick, uh, and again, I'm the worst. But Brian Walton and uh, my good over at the Cardinal Nation and uh, 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 Matt Thompson for Prospects Live over at the Cardinal Nation are doing their 50 days uh, of prospects thing. Go check that out. Go subscribe to that. Um, uh, Again, it's nothing I look at. Uh, I should. I should be better about this shit, but I'm a complete fucking delinquent and I don't. Uh, But look, they're good people. And that goes back to supporting local artists and local businesses. And uh, uh, Brian Walton's an amazing guy who... uh, you know, I've said, look, I've said terrible things about a lot of people I, I've been ignorant to who was nice to me when he didn't need to be. Uh, and that's, you know, I, just a first class human being Brian Walton is. And Matt Thompson's a good dude, too, who I've been fortunate enough to converse with. And look, there's just awesome people all around is what I'm saying in our little community. And uh, I don't listen to John Boy, unfortunately. Uh, and I don't listen to enough people. Really, the only podcast I listen to on a regular basis is How Did This Get Made with Jason Manzukis and Paul Shearer and June, Diane Raphael. Other than that, I don't really listen to many podcasts. Uh, and Chirps, of course, and Nerds when they're on. Nerds on the Black when they're on. But uh, I really need to expand my podcast game. Uh, let's see. Uh, Seven Brent says, I'm excited to see what Kim will do this upcoming year. Kim's going to be fun, right? Hold on. I need some water. Ugh. Kim's going to be fun. Because a lot of his um, uh, uh, his ancillary, a lot of his his advanced stats say he's a guy who's probably going to get beat up in the long run. But he didn't get beat up, uh, which you know, if you look at D- uh, Dakota Hudson, you think, yeah, that's kind of exciting. The keys had a guy, that's a guy right there who should get beat up more than he does, and he doesn't get beat up. Uh, but of course, the difference is the walk rates. I do think that there's some deception that comes with with Kim that maybe isn't quantified just yet. Um, that maybe makes some of his numbers a little bit more realistic than the advanced analytics people would think. But because of all of this, especially in, like, in regards to a small sample, uh, I'm anxious to see what a full sample will look like if we get a full sample of Kim. Yeah, look, I, 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 was, I was more impressed with Kim than I thought I would be. I remember at one point last year telling Ben Cerruti that I was worried that the Cardinals were banking too heavily on him. Uh, that I didn't like, I saw him as more of a triple A to major league baseball, uh, to major league baseball, triple A to professional swing man. Um, but there are times when that guy's filthy and he had a really good year last year, even if some of the other stats are a little concerning. And again, I just really hope we get as much major league baseball as possible. Jay Duda says, Derek Gould's podcast is pleasantly entertaining. I've been listening too. The only reason why people wouldn't think that Derek Gould's podcast is entertaining is because of how he comes across on Twitter sometimes. And I get that. I understand. But, uh, you know, I've been able to talk to and uh, uh, introduce and say hello to Derek Gould a couple times here and there. And he's a truly affable gentleman. Uh, 
as someone who is constantly awkward, he definitely, you can tell that he has a little bit of maybe social anxiety built into there. And that's not to excuse maybe some of the communication he has with Cardinal fans on Twitter or post-dispatch readers on Twitter. But look, he's a, he's a good dude. He's a legitimately good dude. And it's cool to see him kind of lower his guard um, on the podcast. Now, I will say that, and this is something I've been thinking about more and more. I'm very, I'm very willy-nilly about what I tweet, right? Like, I don't spell check. I'm usually doing voice to text. And I remember in one of those podcasts, Mr. Gould talked about how he needs to be, in his mind, he tries to be as concise as possible because he only has 280 characters. And that's not something I do. I'll just random tweet and tweet and tweet and tweet. And I think sometimes that forces him to come across as flippant to the fan base. Uh, and then he doesn't do himself any favors when he's responding. Uh, but look, I like Derek Gould. I don't have a problem with the guy. And it's awesome that um, uh, uh, that it's as entertaining. Um, uh, I, whatever it's called. I can't think of what the name of the podcast is. It's awesome that's, that it is as entertaining as it is. Uh, Matt Strummer says the Cam and Strick podcast is fantastic if you're looking for a hockey fix. I, I listen to Cam Jansen when I can at lunchtime. So normally my lunch is in between like 11 and noon. Some I get a half an hour for lunch. Sometimes I take it at 11.15. Sometimes I don't take lunch at all. So I'm usually listening. So I am usually listening to Frank Cusimano. Uh, shout out to Brian Hoffman, by the way. I love Brian Hoffman on, on 590. He's an awesome producer. Uh, but uh, I listen to Frank Cusimano when I can at lunchtime. And then if I'm driving around or looking for something like, my job's different, but uh, I'll, I'll listen to Cam. And Cam's interesting. He's fun. He's hell. Like, I can imagine that that's what terrestrial radio version of me is. Um, and I've heard him talk about the Cam and Strick podcast a lot. I just never listen to it. There are so many great podcasts I need to listen to. I uh, love you, Sean. Uh, Neatman55 says, just joining now. Spring training schedule looking normal. There's rumors that the spring training schedule is going to be normal, but there's also rumors that it's going to be later. I don't think Major League Baseball or the PA or the owners or the players uh, are in any position right now to commit to any of it. Uh, Seven Brent says, fun fact if, for you, if you want to avoid a hangover, wear wet socks when you go to bed. I don't think that's real. And unfortunately, I think college basketball is going to get shut down for a little. Yeah, uh, Coach Krzyzewski for Duke today really put the fear in the hearts of uh, college basketball fans. I hope it doesn't happen. Josh, cheers to you. I got to go, but I had fun. To you, Josh, thank you for being here. Mm. Oh, uh, good to see Bernie is back in the mix. Yeah, I agree. Like, having Bernie uh, locally, Steve Savard, too, who I haven't listened to at all. Again, I haven't listened to either of those guys, not for any reason, just because I haven't. I haven't had time. Um, uh, it's nice to have them back. Look, I don't want anyone to be out without a job. You know, a while back when Kevin Wheeler lost his job, at 101, somebody asked me how I felt about that. I don't listen to Kevin Wheeler uh, ever, uh, but I'm sad about it. I don't want anyone to lose their job. I want everyone to be successful and happy and make a living and uh, be comfortable. Uh, and I'm glad Kevin Wheeler is on 101 or is on 1120 now, Camel X. Uh, uh, and uh, hopefully we start seeing Chris Raby around somewhere else because I love Chris Raby too. Um, but yeah, look, I, I just want people, look, I want people to be happy. I want people to find uh, meaning in the otherwise meaningless, uh, which is our lives. Uh, Neiman says, good to see Bernie's back. Uh, good life, Sean. I'm a total Gould fan now. Hated him for a long time. And I think that that's one of the things about Twitter and one of the things about our current society is all of our interactions are Gould-like. 
uh, whether it be on Facebook or whether it be on Twitter or whether it be wherever the fuck Instagram, like we're only getting the 280 character version of each other, which is not uh, enunciated or uh, emoted. Uh, and, and, and we're reacting to that in a very terse way. And uh, I think that that's part of the reason why we're all so angry with each other now. Uh, I would suggest unplugging as much as possible, uh, shit posting, and then living in your mentions and trying to have as much fun as possible. But I don't think that that's enough at this point anymore. Uh, and, and that's all I have. Uh, 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 Brian Hellman says, thanks, Kyle. As always, awesome stuff. Thoughts on Ronji out. Loved him. Oh, look, Chris, Chris Ronji. Again, I never listen to 101. I just, I, no reason, no reason. I just like, I like the 590. I like the morning show, the morning after. I like bullshit talk. I can only take so much aggressive sports talk. So I never really listen to 101. But Chris Ronji on Twitter is an awesome dude. Uh, one of the guys I really, really like. And uh, again, I hope he finds a job somewhere. I hope he can find his way over to 590. And I will make a point to listen to him because he's a good dude on Twitter. He's a fun and interesting follow. And uh, yeah, again, just a dude that I really like. I'm, I'm bummed about him. As Sean says, I was unemployed for five months this year. It sucked. There are so many people who dealt with such a tough time in 2020, uh, whether it be COVID related or, uh, or otherwise. And 2020 was such a brutal year. And the older you get, the more you start to realize that every year is just kind of a brutal year stacked on top of the last brutal year with just a lot of really cool moments kind of intermixed with some brutal stuff. Um, so here's to getting through 2020 in the next three weeks, right? 10, 20, three weeks. We've got three weeks and we're through 2020. Uh, and looking at the positives as we enter 2021, uh, a COVID vaccine uh, for nerds, a lot of awesome Star Wars and Disney news today, uh, Marvel news, um, just trying to find the happiness in a world that is overly connected and yelling at each other. Um, that's, that should be our new year's resolution, our new year's resolution for 2021. So to all my pad people, uh, I raise my glass to 2021. Look, we're going to do more pad between now and 2021. You don't worry. You're not, I know. Trust me. I'm just saying. Thoughts on blah, blah, blah. Uh, all I want for Christmas is a 162-game season. From Cardinals 022, I agree. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I've got one more jello shot. This one is a peach bottom. Peach bottom jeans, boots with the fur. Um, so uh, the last one here, this goes to, of course, as we celebrate our third birthday of Prospects After Dark, uh, this goes to my pad family again. Uh, Pat is not me. Pat is you. I raise my jello shot to you. Um, but also it goes to my birds on the black family. Look, uh, we went through B Black Friday without properly celebrating Cardinals gifts and without properly celebrating birds on the black. And it's fucking heartbreaking when you think about it, because there was no minor league season. I couldn't do the position rankings within the organization because there was a minor league season. I don't know what to do with the dirty 35. Uh, but we are through another anniversary of the dawn of Birds on the Black as created uh, uh, by Cardinals Gifts uh, and, you know, founding members, my, uh, not founding members, the only founding member technically is Cardinals Gifts. But, you know, he brought me and Gifford, uh, Zach Gifford, Zach Gifford and, and SEL Cup of Joe and Cards Cards On and Alex Crisofoli. And we, we started that thing. And that was a very important and wonderful moment of my life. 
Uh, some of you know the story that led up to it for me personally. Uh, uh, real quick shout out to the Redbird Daily. I love all those guys still with all my heart. Um, but I, I'm, I'm getting way late. What I'm trying to say is on Black Friday, it marked another birthday for Birds on the Black as created by Cardinals Gifts. And uh, Cardinals Gifts is the, the connective fiber of Cardinals Twitter. He's the best. The absolute best. And uh, it's not really worth being involved if he's not involved. So I guess what I'm saying is, as I raise my glass to the pad people, uh, my, my little shot cup here of Jello shot, to the pad people, I do it mostly in honor of Cardinals Gifts, who is the catalyst for all of this. All of this. Prospects After Dark, Nerds on the Black, Chirps. Uh, every article that's ever been written on that website uh, a connectivity amongst Cardinals fans that would not exist without him. Uh, he and C70 are the two beacons of light in this otherwise dark, dimly lit, and becoming increasingly uh, uh, cynical group of fans. Uh, so to, to gifts in particular, I'm going to do this last jello shot uh, uh, to you, sir. Uh, thank you for bringing me on for Birds on the Black. Thank you for, uh, against my best intentions, forcing me to do prospects after dark, encouraging me, not forcing to you, sir. Uh, it's just not worth doing without you. And that says nothing from the rest of my birds on the black family, which I love for Nick Childress, who I do not give enough credit for the work that he does. I do not, <laughs> I do not highlight enough. I love that Nicholas Childress. He's an amazing human being. I love Ben Rudy. Ben will have his projections for the Cardinals uh, in 2021 out soon enough. I am sure you're going to want to check that out. Ben is an awesome dude. For Zach Gifford, who I, again, have had the pleasure of meeting and talking with, who I find to be, I, I mean, sincerely, one of the most amazing people. Uh, that Like, I just love being around Zach. I love talking to Zach. I love watching Zach on Nerds on the Black. Uh, I, I love Zach. To uh, Alex Crisofoli and Tara Wellman, uh, the lovely and talented Tara, the lovely and talented Alex. Alex, who was dropping a bunch of F-bombs on Zach's show. I guess he thought he was on Prospects After Dark. It was awesome. Uh, uh, and also Tara, who was recently engaged and is dealing with real adult life stuff. Uh, 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 to Stu Styles, who's about ready. Again, best recaps in all of baseball. If the sporting news got a hold of what Stu and Enchil do for those 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 recaps, they they'd make money off of them. They're fucking amazing. Uh, who's going to drop a single here in the next couple hours, I think, in the next 24 hours for sure. Uh, you're going to want to check that out, Stu Styles. Um, uh, again, uh, to all the people, again, uh, STL Cup of Joe, who I hope finds his way back over, to everyone at Birds on the Black, to everyone at Birds on the Black, I raise my glass. Thank you for letting me be a part of something I don't deserve to be a part of. Ah, that's all I got for you, fam. Hansolo, is Goldie, if Goldie were here, uh, if Goldie were a jello shot flavor, what would he be? He'd be water. Uh, <laughs> I hope the hell that 2020 was the worst. 2020, we're recovering in 2022. We're back to 2019. I'm about it. Sports has been a blessing in 2020. We are very lucky to have sports. Gifts is a goat. I agree. Tara's amazing. I uh, love you, Kyle. Jello shots of each. Yeah, Gibson and I will be taking jello shots up of each other. Love you, Zach. Uh, I cannot wait to drink beers with you in person, my friend. Uh, thank you, Kyle, for all you do. Thank you for being here. Uh, to for, Mr. Carlson says, Happy holidays to all of you. 
love hearing all the baseball talk. Thank you, Kyle, for doing this. Mr. Carlson, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for being somebody worth aspiring to be. Uh, and Ben Sorrenti says, love you, love you, love you, guests, love you, Stu. Uh, great to see you, brother. Love you, Spaghetti Jones. Uh, what's in the mug? The mug we had, Four Roses Bourbon. We are all out of that. Uh, for all of, oh, real fast, too, Eric Thomas, who was not here tonight, uh, for coining our phrase. Um, uh, if you watch this, if you are listening to this, you are part of the resistance uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black. Everybody at Prospects After Dark. Thank you for being a part of this Thursday night, uh, Prospects After Dark. Hopefully we can do more of them in the near future. We'll see. You just never know. Uh, uh, and as always, family, happy hunting. <laughs>